Hey there, you're listening to episode 55 of the Jazz Violin Podcast, and today I'll be chatting to Daniel Galitsky. How you doing? Uh, we're here, we're listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast, and I think we're all happy, you know? <coughs> well, I am, anyway, and I hope you are all doing very, very well. Um, hey, you know, if you want to support the podcast, do you know how you can do it? I'm going to tell you. You can do it via Patreon. What's Patreon? Well, Patreon is a way that you, the listener, can support me, the, uh, the content creator. Uh, you can do so for as little as one dollar or one pound or one euro a month, and you can go up as much as you want. Um, but you know, I say one to five dollars a month is a real help. Um, uh, there's also a place that you can get involved in my practice club. It's sort of for uh, people who have been learning jazz violin for a while and who want some regularity in their practice and some ideas for thinking of different um, sort of practice material. Uh, it's a great way to practice along with a little group of people. We do it on Zoom. It's a little bit like all the stuff that everyone was doing in the uh, old pandemic, but it's not in the pandemic anymore. And I still think it works. It still fits into today's society. There is a place for Zoom learning, I think. Anyway... Let's, uh, let's move along to talking about our guest. We got Daniel Galitsky. Daniel is a Russian-born but now Paris-based jazz violinist and actually just violinist in general. He's an amazing classical player. Um, plays with such style and a lot of class. He plays in a lot with uh, the quite well-known guitarist Duvid Duvineski. And uh, yeah, he's just an excellent excellent musician and a great guy i had a great time chatting with him i know that i say that about everybody but this time i really mean it i had a great time chatting and <laughs> no, i always mean it i don't lie um yeah i had a really great time chatting with him and uh, yeah we we covered loads of topics uh you know traditional versus modern not versus but you know what i'm saying why we play as we do and why others play as they do and also a little bit about why some musicians don't get on with other musicians anyway it was interesting and i had a good time and i think he had a good time too so without further ado give it up for daniel garlitsky thanks for doing this man well thank you for having me nice to chat basically it'd be interesting to know how you first started how you first started playing the violin? Well, for me, it was only a natural thing because my both my parents are musicians. My father is a violinist. And uh, I probably heard music in my mother's belly. So once I was out, it was a pretty obvious thing to do for me. And then I remember, I don't have much memories from my childhood. But I remember I requested the violin at the age of six. It was Christmas time, I think, and 
my parents asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, um, I think I want a violin. Biggest mistake in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you did little did you know that. Exactly, but children you... usually don't don't know what, what it takes, and uh, it's a little bit difficult because you have to start early. This is the kind of instrument that you can really not start learning when you're a teenager. It's too late, unless you're a genius, I guess. Unless you're Cha, Cha, I think started pretty late and he's a wonderful violinist now i think he started when he was yeah 17 yeah but this is an exception you see i mean it you really have to start early to have a chance yeah yeah i i think that exactly that's an exception i think that sometimes yeah people often hear that story of char playing from the age of 17 and getting to where he is now and see mm. that as all right well then i can do it and it is a good point I think that you can, it, it shows you, it teaches you that you can do sort of what, you, perhaps what you put your mind to, but he is an exception and that's the thing. It's like, if you want to do that, then you're not going to have an easy time of it. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to dedicate your, your time, the little time you have, you have to dedicate it entirely to this in order for this to work. But also in his case, I mean, he's... Everyone in his family was a musician, and he, he was a player before. I think he played guitar. He played guitar, instrument. yeah, and he, yeah. To so he play. had this less to learn. You see, he he was already rooted in music somehow. Yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, it is it is nice to hear those exceptions once in a while. But of course, but not. Yeah, shouldn't be taken as ah, oh, fine. I'll be all right then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think no, no. he's just such a dedicated person as well. That, yeah, he's he does dedicate all of his time to Absolutely. you know, yeah, sort yeah. of bettering himself yeah. on his instrument. So yeah, um, so yeah, so you started young and um, mm. get, but I'm guessing so six around six. Did you say you started around six? I had my first classes with my father, of course, and. Uh, then so I, you're yeah. you're you're born in Russia, is that right? Uh yes, absolutely. I was yeah. born in Russia, um, and I moved in uh, France in 1991. I was uh, about nine years old. Okay. So okay. I I did start in Russia, and I did the usual thing in Russia. You start in, in school. Uh, we had we were lucky enough to have very good uh, music teachers for kids which is very particular uh, job, if you ask me. Uh, it's You have to um, be able to interact with kids, which is not an easy task. Because you can be a wonderful player or a wonderful pedagogue if the message doesn't go through, it's useless. Uh, in Russia, we, we were lucky enough to have many good specialists just for kids. As someone who's not from Russia, mm -hmm. uh, who plays a violin, there is a sort of uh, often a, a trope of the Russian way of learning the violin, and, and often people will say, "Oh yeah, you know, well I, I did, you know, I I learned violin young, but I didn't have you know like a Russian teacher or anything like that." The idea is that you know the the way that you learn in Russia is is like very good. That's that's the that's the trope I think is that the way that you learn from a young age is very, very good and very sort of direct. Is, is, am I right in thinking that? 
Yeah, uh, well, um, there are a few things. It was it's 100% correct in if we're in the 50s. It's uh, less correct in the 80s and even less correct now because there are reasons for that. I mean, immigration is the first reason. Uh, the Russian school uh, expanded into the West and also took something from the other teachings. That's what usually happens when the border is open. And it's a good thing. And then nowadays, internet, uh, people are all over the place. There are no more borders, uh, except for the past two years. But normally you're able to travel quite freely. And um, I don't really believe in Russian school per se uh, in our age. There are a few things, but I mean, it's quite international and we're lucky enough to have uh, a huge library and we have recordings, we have books, we have this and that, and it is all just uh, good school or not so good school, but it's uh, it's just, we, we know how to teach. And I think the players are uh, technically extremely good. I think the level is, is getting better. I hear kids playing it was not possible even 30 years ago to play like this we didn't have the knowledge and now we have all this combined knowledge and this is this is fantastic okay so the um the idea of the russian school uh open close quote close brackets uh is you would say it doesn't really exist in the same way that people might might talk about might it nowadays. Still Thing. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's not. I mean, uh, it's more international. We've got more. It's more international. Right? I mean, also the, uh, the lifestyle was mm -hmm. part of it, because you couldn't really. It was your chance to to get out, and only the, the best ones were allowed to even take part in an international competition in order to go to. Any competition, like Paganini or Long Thibault or Queen Elizabeth in Brussels, you needed to be a winner of the national competition. That's how they pre-selected their candidates. And therefore, Russia is quite a big country, so they were assured to have to be in the finals, if not winning the competition. It's a little bit like athletes. Uh, we have other other things to worry about nowadays and we have other ways also to to get out it's it's a different time yeah i guess yeah so um so you you learned young you learned uh classical music and this is yeah i'm guessing you didn't learn suzuki you haven't mentioned that in any way no not not really i didn't i mean suzuki was not really a thing where i come from at the time very much is now uh, what I learned, uh, I started actually, funny enough, I started with a method written by my grandfather. And it was um, one of the methods that is that was uh, widely used in the Soviet Union at the time. So if you, uh, if there are some Russian players nowadays uh, above, 50 years old, it's pretty, it, let's say, 50% chance that they started learning the violin with his method. It was very popular. 
at the time. Okay. So that's how I started. And what is that method? Just exercises to get acquainted with the fingerboard. Um, just exercise little songs uh, that you could that make you practice your technique and musicality at the same time, like change of positions, shifts, things like this. Mm-hmm. And that takes so that like what sort of um, that's that that's like early from the beginning of of learning to like what sort of it's as soon as you can play uh, uh, scale. I mean, uh, we can t- talk about the Russian school. It was always open strings first to be able to pull a sound then scales uh, and once you can do scales and arpeggios uh, for me music is uh, it's scales and arpeggio there's really only that whatever you play whatever violin concerto or jazz lick it's either a scale or an arpeggio or both so that's why it's it's really important to to be able to um to pull these things off without thinking it becomes a huge asset so scale their pages and then these little songs um okay that's yes just you know i just sometimes um i'm interested to hear how different people have learned especially actually people mm. who've learned you know on, on so far away mm. in a different part of the world it is interesting to know but yeah okay um yeah and then you know, did you you studied music? Did you study classical music? Is that I'm thinking that that's what happened. I did study classical. I mean, yeah. Again, jazz was not really a thing in, in the Soviet Union. Um, there was a low old saying saying that today he plays uh, jazz and tomorrow he will sell out his nation because it was considered as, as music from the West. I mean, it was again not particularly true. Uh, when I was a kid, because it was opening up. It was, I like to say that I was born under Brezhnev, but uh, I mean, I was born in September '82. He died in November. Then ah. he was replaced by an old guy who died. Then another old guy who died, and then there was Gorbachev. And Gorbachev um, opened up the country. Okay. So it was a little bit more open. But again, I mean, I come from a very classical music-oriented family three generations so yeah i did normal normal studies mm-hmm. as you do the school and conservatory diploma yeah. yeah orchestra chamber music so i mean all this stuff so yeah i started playing jazz much later mm-hmm. i always enjoyed jazz listening to jazz as uh, as an amateur mm-hmm because there are uh, different ways to, to listen if you if it's what you do and yeah. you will listen to what what they do and try to steal things and your brain switches to another thing but at, at the time it was not like that i, just, I remember having uh, when i just started studying in paris conservatory it was 99 i had a thing that kids don't know anymore it's called an answering machine for the landline and my greeting message had mice, uh, uh, mice uh, serenade or mice serenade. I was missing um, the Django, Django Grappelli yeah. one, not the the Warlock one, the Grappelli one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so but little I knew that I will play this kind of music twenty years later. I have no idea. 
Yeah, so that's interesting. You as a professional musician or someone studying to become a professional musician heard the music and yeah. just listened as a as as a sort of as a listener. Just thought, "Hey, this is yeah. nice to listen to. I don't imagine ever playing this." I remember enjoying the, the Grappelli's tone very much. I was not aware that Django was a genius. I knew that what he, I liked what he did, but uh, I w- was not switched on an analytic brain. So, mm-hmm. uh, and guitar was, I, I, I didn't know much of guitar at the time, but I knew violin and I enjoyed his tone very much. I thought yeah. he was a wonderful player. All disciplines yeah. combined. Mm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I don't know if you know Zach Brock when I interviewed yeah. him. Yeah. He always said that um, Grappelli, and I keep, I always re- reiterate this one, that Grappelli was, is like a gateway drug to jazz for <laughs> classical violinists. For a violin, of course. Because, yeah, because he's got that, it's that tone, you hear it. And if I imagine if you're someone who's, you know, spent a lot of time thinking about classical violin. Mm-hmm. you know, your ear is pricked up a lot of the time to tone, right? That's going to be one of the things Absolutely. that you really Absolutely. think about and, and mm-hmm. is really, is it really, you know, that bothers you or that, that your brain focuses on. And yeah, Grappelli will, uh, mm-hmm. will prick your ears in that same way. You'll go, Ooh, okay. Yeah, I get this. I get this. Um, yeah. And then you hear Django play and maybe, yeah, that's not your ears don't, aren't attuned to that right you're just you're... i mean you, you lack elements of comparison uh, yeah. in my in my case because yeah. i mean really i couldn't if you asked me the name of a guitar player uh, yeah at the time i would say maybe i don't know yeah. paco de lucia <laughs> yeah and it was about it yeah uh, um and when was it that you sort of felt like you might want to start playing the music well, it all falls under the responsibility of Duvet Dunayevsky because a guy I met, we became friends, and then they were playing this music, and he said, hey, come and jam with us. And I said, what? The jam? What is it? Is it something that you eat? Uh, then I came to this Parisian joint where you're very welcome to come next time you're in Paris, Matt. Uh, we still play there occasionally on Tuesdays, and um, yeah, I couldn't because I. But it's exactly like somebody would tell me, "Hey, come and speak Japanese with us," so I can try my best, and then I have ears, so I can imitate something that I have no idea what I'm doing. And the the sparkle was here. I wanted to share this with these people, and I couldn't because I didn't know how to. Uh. That was the trigger. Uh, it took me some time because I also obviously needed to make some room in my life to, to learn this thing. And I didn't have at the time. I had uh, I was juggling between jobs. I had a position close to Berlin where I was a concertmaster in an orchestra which uh, had an empty second and third seat. So you can imagine the exploitation uh, and I was also teaching in Paris. So I was, I mean, there was no time for anything else than this. I had to quit all this nonsense that makes you a rich man, but doesn't allow you to spend money. 
uh, <laughs> or to be happy. So no, it was really the case. So I thought, no, I have to change something because it's uh, I'm not really happy this way. And then I had plenty of time. So I started uh, learning by ear because, uh, I mean, I'm not a method guy. I'm not a book guy. It's not, I mean, I could, but it, it, it hurts me to do this. But listening and imitating, I mean, uh, we're apes. So we're good at imitating, in my opinion. So that, I mean, that is how I, I started doing it. Yeah, I like that. That's interesting. I've never, yeah, we're, we're good. We are good at imitating. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, simple, simple way to put it. You know, we... We do Im imitate well. That's how we do everything. So why not music? But and also the thing I like in jazz is that your uh, people commend you for being able to achieve this kind of uh, sound or tone. Whereas in classical music, they say, "Oh, it's so passe." You know, people don't play like this anymore. Like what? Sorry? And I think, yeah, they don't play like this anymore. It's a shame. <laughs> That's what I would like. Say. Like what? Sorry. I mean, we were speaking about the tone uh, of Grappelli, and this tone is also synonymous to a certain period of time. Uh, people were playing this way. I mean, they were searching more for the, this tone quality and this thing that can touch your heart or can talk to your emotion. Nowadays, we're more focused on delivering... Uh, uh, very clean interpretation and even if the sound is good it goes through the fact that it's uh, very perfect because we have uh, lots of comparison now and we have CDs and recordings or Spotify so we can listen and uh, that's what we strive for mm. um, and the we'll succeed the um, what, what exactly is the difference there that you're talking about and if you don't mind going a bit further into that, because... I, I, yeah, uh, I can give you an example. If you switch your radio in the 40s or the 50s and you hear a violin player, you immediately say, this is Gapelli, or this is Eddie South, or this is Menion, or this is Heifetz, etc., etc. Nowadays, it's happened, it happened to me yesterday, somebody was playing Schubert, uh, a fantasy for violin and piano. Wonderful. I heard it on the radio yesterday. I had no idea who it was, but it was very nice. And that's what you, you, one tells himself right now. It's, wow, it sounds great. So musical. But you have no idea who, because they kind of all uh, sound pretty similar. But this one, I, but it didn't mean that I didn't like it. I just couldn't, couldn't say who. I had to, to wait until the end. Of the recording, okay. so they announced it was Yuli Fisher. Okay, super recording. Yeah. Okay, so the it's more uniform the sound yeah. you would say that, and and it's it's like a perfection that becomes uniform mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. the you'd say you know, and and I know I know what you mean the the tone of all of these sort of golden era, golden mm -hmm. age classical musicians, classical violinists. You can mm -hmm. often tell because of i guess it's the it's not inaccuracies but the, the what would we call it the like the 
style. I think what it would be the style. That's, okay, it's their own. They all had their own style and their own language, even if uh-huh. it was very subtle. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was them. Now it's the, the it's style vibrato. Is yeah, it's vibrato. It's uh, it's glissando. It's like the the well, way you the way you the shifts. I guess like oh, I can tell yeah. that's a shift from mm-hmm. menuing or whatever. Absolutely. And uh, okay, okay, okay. And maybe Boeing, if you're really, if you've got really attuned ears, is that? Of course. Am I, would I be right? Of course, you can that? hear Boeings. One can really hear Boeings. Not even fingering sometimes, if that's what you're trying to achieve, <laughs> it's possible. But I mean, it's uh, it's useless because it's again, it's your own language, and something that is comfortable for you might be awful for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you'd say that that's not. As, um, as 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 clear nowadays with violence. So that's interesting, very interesting. Because you know, I don't often talk to people much about, you know, general violin, classical violin. I'm often saying, "Hey, what do you think about blah 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 chords?" Uh, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting oh, okay. to to hear to hear that. Um, and actually, how did we get onto that? We got onto that because we were talking about we were speaking about like jazz, and we we switched tone because the, the jazz I play the most. Is with uh, with Duvet, and he's quite specific in what he wants to achieve uh, uh, in, uh, in his music. And this is, this is what we are trying to achieve together: is the style from the thirties, forties, which is quite different from from the typical gypsy uh, manouche uh, jazz as they play it nowadays, uh, which was. Reborn in in the eighties, different music, mm-hmm. uh, just different music, and it goes through uh, this tone. It goes also through what you what you play stylistically, what kind of, of uh, progressions you do, or what kind of phrases you do. Yeah, uh, but the tone is also very important because it it it, it was all about charm at the end. It was supposed to be charming. Mm. Uh, at the time, people were acting more charming. They were dressing more charming, and it was uh, maybe a little bit more civilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time, that's interesting. I haven't ever thought about it uh, in terms of, yeah, I guess like the the times. You know, okay, we play like this because of mm-hmm. of of what we do and and and, and how how things are. Ah. Absolutely. I mean, we don't we, we don't. Uh, <laughs> invent much as human beings as a society we kind of uh, inspire each other and we kind of drag each other achieve something collectively but not so much as individuals and that that's why it's very important we at, at the time they were all hanging out together the musicians the painters the actors and it was a big uh, Mishpacha, as we say in in Hebrew, mm. a, a big big family of artists, and they were constantly inspiring each other for for centuries. Mm. Mm. And I guess that that goes quite nicely with like you know people. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're if you're like this, but people who dress in the same time as, as the music that they play. Do I think that you do that? Is that something that you're interested in? I do that. I mean, if if you have an interview with uh, Duvet, for instance, right now, he would be dressed uh, in a tie, 
uh, because, I mean, it's just polite. Or if he was just out of bed, his pajama would be from the 30s or bathing suit. A little bit too much for me because also comfort. But I do, uh, I mean, when we perform, uh, I do uh, dress. And I, when I wear formal, I much just prefer uh, stylistically the suits from this era than the modern suits. Because yeah. the modern suits make me look like a security agent. Which is <laughs> not very successful one because I'm not very big. <laughs> and uh, suits from the 40s makes me look nice. Mm. Aesthetically, it's, it's uh, more beautiful. Yeah, but it also goes hand in hand with that, like the music, musical aesthetics, and those things. I, I guess if you if you really uh, subscribe uh, ascribe to that, mm -hmm. um, then I guess that's that's why those two things often go hand in hand, you know, and that makes a lot of course. Sense. But I mean, it's uh, a little bit. Uh, how would I put it? Uh, you can't you can't really live in the past. You have to be aware that this uh, is um, just uh, an homage, or otherwise everybody should be like this because you cannot achieve what they would achieve at the time. So of course you can only only be dressed like this and only hang with people who dress this way in the thirties. But you're uh, extracting yourself from the society you're you're being just in a small small group and it's it's um it's a pity because uh, you can't inspire others or even be inspired by, by other people it's can reach out to the to the bigger crowd mm. yeah yeah it's interesting yeah i mean because i myself i i'm not i don't i don't i wouldn't i don't dress in uh like period clothing in that same mm -hmm. way and i'm always i quite like i guess because i don't know why but i'm probably just who the sort of person i am i quite like semi-casual dress for, mm -hmm. for gigs because i of i course. see it as something that um i don't know i feel like it isn't it's the music is a casual it's casual music i mean it's obviously it's, it's got a lot of depth and it's it's serious, but it's uh, it makes me feel more at home as a as just myself, and yeah, it's actually just about me. It's, you know, and, and you're absolutely me. right, Matt. I mean, and the fact that they were not dressing like this at the time to appear on stage, they were dressing like everyone else, and yes. uh, then that's what you are doing, and you want yeah. to appeal, and this is. Exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Just yeah. being, uh, just breaking the the border between the stage and the audience. Well, yeah. we do it because when we play the as a band uh, playing this kind of music, we pull on the the full show, the clothing and the music and the style. Yeah. If I play, if I play other kinds of music, of course. I would, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, and I dress. like it. I really like mm -hmm. it. And I, th I think that um, just on this on this topic. Uh, I I see like jazz is like it's like a really small world, right? It's very yeah, small. Pretty much, it's a pretty small subject <clears throat> in a lot of ways, and, and and there's not many people doing it if we think about it in in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But I, what I find really funny is like the difference in you know there's, there's there are in in to even I think even to untrained ears there's like huge differences between 
you know, people who like the music in the 20s and 30s and the 40s mm. and jazz now. There's a huge, huge, huge difference. It's, it's not the same music, but it all sort of shares, it shares, a, at least it shares a history and it shares different, depending on what we're talking about, you know, where in that time frame we're talking about. It shares some aesthetics and it shares some, and it definitely shares um, method, methodology in a way. Absolutely. But the difference in like in the, the difference is huge a lot a lot of the time. But it's still got that same word jazz, you know. Often, mm -hmm. Some, sometimes people are, the pro approach right is is completely different um, yeah. to to playing the music and how you'd learn the music and 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 those those musicians can sometimes feel quite far away from each other. But and but even if if you take you know like a, a subject even smaller like uh, you know jazz manouche. Mm -hmm. the music of Django like that is even smaller right but yeah, there's even absolutely. huge differences in how the and, and how it's played by some people and how it's played by others and often those those uh, sides or di those different sections they don't get on or they don't they don't agree with each other and they don't um, they don't not even get on sometimes it's not getting on but they what I've found, and I'm talking about every, both sides, or not both sides, but all aspects, pretty much everybody's the same. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, that person's good, but. Ho, 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 ho. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's something that I remember thinking a little bit like when I was, when I was younger, but I'm actually getting, I get annoyed by it now. I'm starting to get annoyed by it. I really feel like we should be. And I just I like the way you're it's just the reason I'm bringing it up is I like the way that you're talking about um, about it because it's mm -hmm. it's very open. It's like, hey, you know, I like to dress like this for my gigs and I mm -hmm. like to play this music, but yeah, I get why you don't, and that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think there's it's, I don't think it's often obvious that that's how different people feel, right? Um, this is only my uh, my reason, but I'm sure that other people would give you other reasons. Yes. Uh, but it's true what you what you're saying about niches and in every niche there's a smaller niche and uh, they don't get along uh, they sometimes respect others uh, and sometimes don't uh, I always have a tendency of respecting somebody who's a, who's, who's a good musician in my point of view it's very subjective but uh, it's not about the style, because the style is taste. Yeah. And I cannot tell you, your taste is wrong. I can tell yeah. you, uh, I don't like your taste. Yeah, yeah. But I cannot tell you it's wrong. Yeah. Um, usually I would, uh, I would welcome uh, uh, other styles. I don't mind. There's the, the concert that it should. The concert is what it is. But if you're playing in a jam, mm -hmm. uh, I always welcome different different styles. Definitely. And in, in Europe, I would I would say it's pretty much. Uh, I mean, you have this style of a jam, and then the other style. And when you go to New York, for instance, they always welcome different people. Even the people who are 
top-notch in their field. If you want to go to uh, Trad Jazz Jam, you go to Mona's on Tuesdays. And then the other guys are pretty solid musicians. But if you come and you, and you play bebop, if you're good at what you're doing, they will, they will command you. Yeah. They'll say, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we're in 2022. We're not in 1941. Do you think in do you think in Europe it's more sectioned? It's a little bit more sections. I mean, I mean, it's also very sectioned in America, but the doors are open. Whereas I feel as in Europe the doors are a little bit more closed. But that also has to do with the character of people. I think American have they're very eager to learn. Always, I mean, it's. And they're not pretensions like we could be sometimes. And then it's just it's just a fact. It's just like this. I would explain it by this or that. But uh, I they're, they're very. Yeah. I mean, the, it's also in the language. You know, they oh really? That's very interesting. We don't yeah. do that. We are. We don't know anything, and we are very proud of not knowing anything. <laughs> that's the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 um, I was thinking about this to the other day. And because I uh, I went to see Snarky Puppy, mm-hmm. and to, like a uh, uh, caveat is like it's really not my sort my sort of music at all. Mm. As in I, I've I've been I've known that they've existed and I've heard their music, and I love Zach the violinist. I think he's an amazing mm-hmm. musician, and mm-hmm. I even go as far to say as like I sort of have enjoyed listening to them, but it's just something that doesn't speak to me in the same way that like Django mm-hmm. in the same way that like even like you know uh Coltrane or even like sure. even other stuff that's like more modern like uh Brad Meldau or mm-hmm. whatever it just doesn't speak to me in the same way it's not that it really doesn't I, but I went to see them and because that got us because that got us a ticket mm-hmm. and they were playing in London in Wembley which was amazing mm-hmm. and they were they were really they were great as in, I really, enjoy, I really enjoyed the gig. I just had a great time watching it. It was really fun. It was nice to see it in Wembley Stadium. But and also, it what what it what I thought when I was watching them was they would not exist in the UK. They just as in they obviously there's people doing it now because they did mm-hmm. it, but they they had to be. They had to, it doesn't it wouldn't work because. It's got no pretense to it whatsoever. They don't give a shit. They're mm-hmm. just like, way, and just it's like cheesy and just like, but like in a good way. And it's like, the, in, it's fun. And it's exactly like you said, their language. Hey, yeah, great to meet you. You know, it's that, which in the UK, we're like, we're not really like that. We're like, hello, great. Yeah, great, great. Great mm. to meet you. You know, it's 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 a different, it's a different, uh, just a different way. And like when I hear them, they're just like they're like, yeah, yeah, a bit of blues, bit of Texas, you know, mm-hmm. a Texas shuffle in there, and like just garish stuff and just happiness, you know. And we're just not like that. <laughs> well, what can I say? If if you are aware of your own taste and not ashamed of it, yeah. Uh, then you do whatever you want. Yeah, and it's just, as long as it's not just the collage of 
things made together, but it has a sense to it because it has a beginning, a middle, and the end. Yeah, makes of course makes the style. We have the the we we are lucky to have all these styles known to us. I mean, they didn't have it before. Maybe if Django was living now, he would enjoy this kind of style. And he was uh, uh, for innovation. I mean, he played some bop on the electric guitar with the, the mm. steamer. I mean, Gapelli yeah. uh, uh, was more of a traditional one. Mm. Yeah, but Django didn't really care. I mean, he was uh, he was going with the flow. Yes, yeah, you know. But yeah, the style. It's it's not. It's it's not important, and it's not a matter of life or death. And nobody, it's not like you're lying on the table and the surgeon is operating you, and if you fuck it up, if he fucks it up, you die. Nothing to do with this. You have to be able to enjoy what you're doing musically. And yeah. I think if you, if you enjoy it, then the audience might enjoy it as well. And if you look at Birelli, for example, he's like an encyclopedia of knowledge. Yeah. And you can hear through his playing because he cannot sometimes, he, he can't choose between what he wants to do. He wants to play blues. He plays very modern manouche. And then he quotes Django because it's just because that's what comes to him because he has all, his, all this knowledge. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Even Bewitched, you know, the the theme song from this uh, TV show from the 60s, yeah. Bewitched. He quotes it sometimes. Ah, okay. In his right. solos. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. That's a real, yeah. like, that's a wild card. It's like, where does Alongside that... with uh, Mendelssohn by Alan Yeah, yeah. Because he likes it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... You're. Let's. Let, it'd be interesting to um, take a step back. How you learn? You're. T- you're saying you you learn just by imitation. What does that look like to you? I mean, first of all, the the. Uh, I mean, what I had for me is that I didn't have to learn the instrument alongside with the language because I was already playing the instrument. Uh, so I could just focus on. First of all, the notes. Gapelli, just listening to a solo of Gapelli and writing it down. I was always writing down. Writing it down. And I am against uh, downloading a written down solo and learning this way because people have, I will explain why a little bit later, but I am totally for doing it yourself because it's already half the job. Your brain is learning one, you, you're writing. Then uh, you realize, wait, but I play the, all the right notes. But it sounds not at all like uh, like Gapelli. What what's wrong there? Then you start wondering what's wrong, and then you say, "Ah, it's the it's the it's the, the the Boeing." Let's try the Boeing. Then Boeing, yeah, you're like getting closer, but it's not this. And the swing, what, yeah. So the what? Sorry. And then the Boeing, the Boeing, sorry. The, the Boeing, the Boeing. Okay. Then uh, he's swinging, and then you 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 become better and better, and then eventually you realize. I wrote it this way, but actually, this is a ghost note. Just because the ghost note, it's just because it's it's in the bow. He's playing. He doesn't have the time. It's fast, so you just so you, it's not important to play. Ah, so then, but what is important? Then you reduce the notes and say, actually, this is what's important. So like, this is what's important. The rest you do, you do what you want, and you get closer and closer to this. Then you do it with different 
solos and the different songs and then you, you start saying yourself hey wait a minute but he did it in this other song let me check this ah it's like which why he does and say ah because it's the same chord progression as the ah and then you start realizing that it's uh, it's language and leaks is a tool it's not music it's a tool to that, that you could um, just play in this passage when you can think about what you're gonna play on the spot in two seconds because you don't think about the, the leaks i mean you can focus of course on playing this leak perfectly at this time but that's useless the leak is just an automatization of things because you cannot play especially in a very fast tempo everything that your heart dictates to your mind that transmitted to your fingers it's impossible and it's, it's an exercise and some people just do it sometimes i mean it's in, in, improv is something that for at least 80 of the time is just automatic but you have to focus on the 20 percent. but that's what makes you you anybody could do could, could do one of these licks but what makes you you only you can do yeah so the, and the music comes from here but first you have the, the, the develop the, the language through through the fingers i mean it's exactly like speaking i'm not thinking about what i'm gonna say it just comes naturally but at some point if you do things right on your instrument it also ends up by coming i mean that's that's how it works right i mean you will play the same instrument so you can only confirm what what i'm saying right definitely and uh for me as well i mean i uh up until about two years ago i'd never learned another language but recently mm -hmm. over the last two years i've been learning french and mm -hmm. it's really hit home how similar it is to learning a language and i know it's mm. it's like super overly we've trodden the path that i'm sure there's about four million music interview podcasts on <laughs> on the internet now where someone's going oh yeah it's just like learning a language isn't it so i feel like <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm uh over i'm 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 going over old ground here but it, it did really make me realize that when i first start or now especially where i'm where i'm at now with learn learning french first of all it reminds me that it's that learning a language and learning jazz is is really complicated like when you're talking there you're you're really mm -hmm. articulating everything that i that i believe in right and that i agree with you've got this you've got this thing where you're like okay well i've got to learn these like this i've got to learn a language by learning somebody's by learning passages but then i can't i you know i'm not just going to rinse these passages off because that doesn't sound right and that's not what that person's doing you've got mm -hmm. to train your brain to semi play those passages but also create passages in the same vein as those passages mm -hmm, and, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what happens when you when you're speaking you sort of learn a bunch of phrases first and then once you've learned those phrases you know you, you might be able to get away with like ordering a coffee until someone says anything else to you you know if, mm -hmm. if they say oh sorry it's not working you know can you wait a minute you'll be like oh you won't know what's going on exactly exactly and that happened. Yeah. The thing, the problem with music, the problem with jazz is like that. That moment happens for a long, a lot, right? You know that that moment of, of like, okay, I've got my licks. I'm going to turn up. I'm going to play. And then the band's like, yeah, we're going to do this in, in C. And then it's like, right, okay, I'm in loads of trouble. 
or the band's mm. like, oh yeah, or, or they like play slightly different chords, or the rhythm's slightly different to what because of the drummer and they're used to just playing with a guitarist or whatever, and like they just kind of see just can't play and and that's like the same thing. I feel like you you turn up to the co- to the cafe and say, hey, blah blah blah, I want this, and they say, hey, we don't have this today, but we've got this. Do you want mm-hmm. that? And you're like you just have no idea what they just said and you sound like an idiot. And then you could, but the thing is with language is you can be like, ah, sorry, I don't speak. I actually don't speak any French. I'm afraid I, uh, mm-hmm. I you know, I just, uh, I can't. And they'll be like, okay, well, obviously if you're in Paris or actually mm-hmm. if you're in France, if, if you're not in the UK, everyone will be able to speak English anyway, because everyone's much mm-hmm. better than we are. And they'll go, okay. Oh, yeah. And they'll speak to you in your own language, but that doesn't happen in music. Right. Say you're in a gig or you're on that jam session, like that doesn't happen. People just look at you and go, All right, well, they just they just wait for you to finish your solo. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean the uh, it depends who who's there really. I mean, sometimes we look with benevolence. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you know, because I um as much as much as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if somebody is not mastering his instrument or his or her instrument in a jam because it's a, it's a jam session sure. it's, it's it's not a it's not a concert it's a jam session but uh, i what i care about is, is if the people are impolite musically yeah and sometimes this happens that's the, that's for me the worst but if you cannot master it we can kind of uh, we can encourage you or even yeah. show show you some tricks uh, that's how they do in, in Indian music. I mean, first, yeah. you start learning the instrument, and then for twenty years, you sit alongside your master yeah. and you imitate. Yeah. Uh, you just repeat the same phrase, uh, maybe one octave lower, maybe the same octave, and that's. How. And in the middle of the concert, you tell you, "No, not right again." Yeah. Sometimes they have these little yeah. little sessions, but uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's uh, the, the, it's all designed for speaking different languages. Because they couldn't. I mean, everybody knows the story about the 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 cotton fields and people coming from different regions and not being able to communicate and communicate into music, blah blah. But it's what happens, and that's also why I said, "Yeah, I welcome different styles. If you have something to say, just say it, and we might reply in our own language, and it works in music." Yeah. It's many things you can do in music and that you cannot do in, in spoken language. If seven people start talking at the same time, it's unbearable. If seven people play at the same time, it could be nice. It could be unbearable as well, but there is a possibility for it to be nice. Yeah. 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 I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you talk about about it i think it's a it's an interesting way of well it's just a good way of looking at it you have a good way of looking at it i like that so and i, just, I don't know if it's good or bad but we are kind of compatible i guess in, in, in this field because our life experience led us to this point where we can hmm, okay that's it's like this um hey so what would your i mean we might you might have already touched upon this but what would your advice be to someone who is just first going hey i'm gonna I'm gonna play. I want to. I want to play jazz. I've never played jazz before, but they play the violin. What? What? What's their first step? Well, if I, uh, I would say, hey, go on DC Music School, and I have a lesson there. You can download it. And <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I was a businessman, 
Now, I would say, but this is actually uh, true. I mean, one can download my lessons if they want to, but there is a big encyclopedia right now on this uh, DC Music School website Mm -hmm. uh, uh, compiled by Dennis Chang, who is a doctor in in uh, doctor in jazz let's say and he works uh, he's restless a restless guy to uh, uh, work in uh, in bringing advices from many great musicians to 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 the world and you have Gaël you have Sylvain Luc you have William Brunard, who I like very much, plays the bass and the cello, and the cello player is tuned as uh, double bass. Oh, does he play with tuned? Ah, I see. Yeah, because it's uh, it's easier for him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, many many great stuff on this website. But my personal advice would be, uh, well, it depends again where you come from. If you never uh, played music in your life, let's say choose an instrument and try uh, to learn the instrument first, being comfortable enough on the instrument uh, technically um, before trying to play classical or jazz or pop mm-hmm. or this kind of thing. But if you, if you are a musician uh, trained Classically, for example, I would tell you, yeah, uh, what, what would you, do you know harmony? Because we lack as uh, for violins, for violinists, for string players, most of all, we lack the harmonic knowledge. Because we always play the melody, and oftentimes when I was uh, teaching at the conservatory, uh, I would tell uh, my my student who was playing with me without the accompaniment, playing something and say, you know what chord is it? And I'll go to the piano and say, is it this chord here? Or is it this chord or this chord? And they were, I don't know. And I would say, but how could you play this note with the right emotion if you don't know what the weather is like? Hmm. I mean, you have to dress accordingly. If it's raining, you have to take your umbrella. If it's sunny, you want to relax, you go on the t-shirt. The same, how can you play this? And we, we kind of, they teach harmony at school and quite well, but they don't teach us to make the correlation between what we do and, and why. It's many people will go there and say, I have harmony, I don't want to go, it's boring. And, and, and something that I learned much later. Mm. So I would definitely say this, and then I would say, hey, you know, it's 32 bars, you know, A-A-B-A and A-B-A-C, you know, the structure. Even before speaking about what you should play, but I think this is very important because it's not something that I knew. I had no idea of the, of the 32 bars. Yeah. Thing and this kind of structure of this or 48 bars. I was when I was listening, I was listening to jazz. Yeah. I was just listening and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. It was my ear that I've developed, was, was my knowledge. And I was like, ah, this phrase is beautiful. Oh, that's so, that's all oh, this harmony. But it was not part of the structure, it was just there. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of uh, 
But I would also say if you do this while you're still a student, it might help you in many ways into achieving uh, what you want to do. Even if you want to stick to classical music, it's fine. You should kind of explore this a little bit because it's still practice, you see. Yeah. If you practice only one passage uh, in uh, a piece that you have to play, and you will, you will probably succeed, but maybe... If your brain switches something else, you practice something totally different and doing different music, you, you will succeed in playing this passage without thinking about it because the brain is sometimes mysterious. It makes correlations between things yeah. that you don't even suppose. So, I don't know. I think I, uh, since I played jazz, I became a better classical musician as well. Interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, that's that's cool. Yeah, um, I think I've heard people say that as well, and I, I mean it definitely. I remember it definitely. I never really went too far down the classical route in any way, shape, or mm. form. But I remember learning. I remember when I was trying to learn and play the. I think it was spring four seasons properly. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly realizing that there's. That bit. I was like, oh, those are just. You know, those are just arpeggios, those are just chords. Yeah. I wonder what those chords are. Work out the chords. Okay, those chords are that. And I, it was around the time that I was just getting into playing jazz, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just learning what a dominant chord is and what a major chord is and, you know, what it was all about. And going, okay. And that helped a lot. So it, Here you yeah. go. And that's something that you would, a phrase that you would, I mean, not really a phrase, but a, a, an effect that you would play in jazz. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. going yeah. from structure one to structure two, and you repeat a solo, and then you do something like this. Yeah, uh, because it's again, uh, some things are meant to be beautiful, and some things are meant to show skills. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. this passage is definitely meant to show your skill, and people go, "Wow, oh, like <laughs> like uh, uh, yeah. an athlete or an acrobat." Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like a big jump. Hmm. Um, what you what you excited about at the moment? What's happening? What's happening? Well, um, I just finished a quite successful tour with uh, Joel Hisaishi. I don't know if this rings a bell. He is uh, the composer of most, if not all, of the Miyazaki uh, animation movies from the Ghibli Studios, and he came oh, wow. to conduct us, and he. Uh, he he's a funny, funny old man, full of energy, and uh, his music is uh, actually only imitation, but very well done imitation. So it's not a, it's, uh, it's in the sense it's it's gorgeous how he succeeds in in bringing Brahms in his music and also Piazzolla and also traditional Japanese music mm. and some American music. I heard some Copland there. We were some Puccini as well. And it was a big orchestra. And, uh, and now what I'm really looking forward to have some gigs coming up with my band, the Quintet, the one where we dress up nicely. So we're, uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, we're happy to be busy 
after a couple of seasons where we were like wondering uh, but when can we at least do what we like and we did with I mean, like everybody we did records and live stream recordings from different parts of the planet but it's something we need this interaction with the, with the audience so we have a few dates in in, uh, in in france a little tour in france and then um, then uh, then yeah the u.s nice we like going there for at least to once once a year cool because uh first of all it's nice to be on tour you know it's another it's something that i like some people don't like it. i like it very much and also the, the the different 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 audiences mm-hmm. 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 yeah Cool. So you're going to the US later? Is next year? Obviously next yeah, year. I mean, yeah, it's going to be probably next summer, mm-hmm. in July, August, and September. There are a couple of festivals that we're looking into right nice. now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah man. Well, uh, I think I think we've uh, we've got a great interview there. It's been really nice to chat to you. Sure. So um, you're happy. Yeah, yeah, really interesting to yeah. to hear your thoughts on learning and all that. I took a picture of that. It's just a screenshot for. Hey, for good story. thinking. I never think <laughs> to do that. I never think well, to I'm, do that. Usually, I, I don't. Also, but you know, yeah, I can send it to you on, yeah, on, do it. on the gram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, when are you? When are you coming uh, in town? You told me that you'll you'll come back soon. Last time. Um, well, I was actually just back last week as well but oh, I, you wasn't, were. I wasn't playing i was just territory because i've got french family okay. um and I, actually i was there to see uh bob dylan bob dylan was playing i can't really see who's there Let me see. that's bob dylan oh right yeah i, I can it's uh, too small okay yeah, yeah. dylan's in uh, dylan i think he's probably finished now but he was doing a couple of gigs at the grand rex is it Grand Rex, I played there yesterday. Oh, did you? Actually, was it was a band, a British band. They do Led Zeppelin songs with the oh, right. Symphony Orchestra. Right. Just oh, everything cool. imitation. It was maybe. I mean, they they all from London. It's, it's an English production. They cool. do this and and Queen also Queen okay. Symphonic. It's another yeah. show that they do. I see. They're they're, yeah. they're great, and uh, audience love it. But it's again, I mean, I don't really see the point in in, in this. It's just it's nostalgia a new thing, man. There's a, there's mm-hmm. a, it's the nostalgia all over the place. That they're like this with strings. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but no, with strings, it's not the problem. I, uh, it's the problem of you do exactly the same as they did before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's boring. But it's yeah. only, I mean. It's, it's like kind of uh, it's not as good uh, yeah. <laughs> do your own music yeah but it can't be if you do a show with only things that you done before by the original yeah. of course it's not going to be good you have to bring your own touch in my opinion well that's what's interesting they're, they're very good Dylan for example will not yeah. do his old he just doesn't do he doesn't do he will not play the music the music that everyone wants and he will not play it in the way that they want it so Mm-hmm. He, the whole gig and it i, I get it, it um but it, it pisses people off but the whole gig he does 
basically new music and music that's may, maybe like 10, 20 years old, which is not his like golden era, the thing that everyone thinks of. It's not the thing that I think of when I think of what I love of his, right? Mm. But And then when he does play it, he'll play, if he does play one song, he played like one song from the 70s, he plays it completely differently and he won't do it. He won't try and emulate how it was when it was on the record because I think he just he's really against it. And I, it's quite, I like it. He's just like, he's happy. He, he, and, and actually, at this point, the thing that makes, makes, that I enjoy the most out of seeing someone like Dylan is if he's happy. And if he's yeah. happy, like, I'm just happy to see him like just doing his thing and just being Bob Dylan. I don't really care. Mm. I'm not going to, you know, there's no way we're going to hear it sounding like it did on the record. So we might as well just see him well, being himself. I think that we never think about is that all these recordings and this uh, hits that we all know and love. Uh, there was a point where it was created for the first time. And uh, that's how it's born. Yeah. And if we, if we keep repeating them over and over again, how are we gonna yeah. like make new things that yeah. in twenty or thirty yeah. years time somebody will say will complain that the artist who created the thirty years before didn't do it the same way exactly yeah. as yeah, it's yeah. A different approach. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but anyway, you were asking if when I'm next in. I haven't got any plans, but I am yeah. hoping to just like get over in the next, maybe you know, probably early next year. I'd like to come and just hang out, maybe see if I can. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, bag a gig. You, should, you should really come and come and play. Let yeah. me know. I'll book, book a couple of. Yeah, I, I, I will do. Um, and same to yourself if you're coming to London. Um, cool. Well, I was supposed to come. I mean, it was all it was all difficult, but yeah, for sure. If you, uh, oh, I've got two regular gigs actually in, mm -hmm. on Wednesdays and Thursdays. That if you oh. are, if you want to, um, if you're looking for a gig, then I can just, you know, get you a gig. Especially oh. if you're coming with, um, especially if I'm like not there because I, mm -hmm. or I, often I will just if you if you're that if you're around, I'd be happy to just pass it to you. All right. Well, that's nice. Uh, nothing is planned for now, but when you never know. Wicked. But I will. I will yeah, come and have a drink at least. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Is it I a mean, place yeah. where you can have a drink? Yeah, you can have a drink and have a play. It's it's open right. to 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 sit in and and all that. So that's cool. Yeah, man. All right. I will know. Um. Okay. I better go. But nice to chat to you. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. yeah thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. You've been listening to my guest, Daniel Garlitsky, and myself, Matt Holborn. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting to Daniel today. Uh, actually, was, <laughs> I'm saying today, I'm recording this a little bit later on uh, from when I actually recorded the interview. So it wasn't today. It was about a month ago, but I enjoyed talking to him. I enjoyed listening back and all that, you know. I enjoyed it. And I'm rambling again. It's a classic. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so via Patreon, as I said at the beginning. I'm imagining if, you've, if you're listening to this point, you've probably heard that at the beginning, so I'm not going to say it all again. No, I will. You can support me on Patreon. Uh, the link to that will be in the description of this podcast, or you can just, uh, if you've got a great memory and you're sitting by your computer right now, you can just type it in, www.patreon.com forward slash Matt Holborn. 
And yeah, you can support me for as little as one pound or whatever a month. Um, anything new going on with me? No. If you're in London, anybody, pop by the uh, the piano bar on a Wednesday or the shed uh, in Soho on a Thursday and say hi. Come check out. Uh, I play there every week now um, with a different assortment of uh, jazz manouche or gypsy jazz musicians or sometimes just swing musicians that I put together. It's a nice vibe. And uh, yeah, please come down. Oh yeah, if you're in, um, if you're in, uh, what, where am I going? Nottingham, uh, in the UK, on the twenty fourth of November, I'll be playing at Peggy Skylight with my new project, Learn to Draw, which is sort of more modern, um, sort of folky and uh, nice, relaxing, chilled out music that I've written. Um, so. Yeah, please come down, check that out. You can check all this out on my Instagram or Facebook. Probably Instagram's better. Uh, yeah, all that stuff, man, you know, all that stuff. Hope you enjoyed listening to this interview. And uh, yeah, speak to you guys very, very soon. Uh, I have some questions um, come in about after my last episode of the podcast, uh, which I will be addressing in my next uh, solo episode, which I think will be the next episode. I think I'll be, I think I'll be doing that next month or in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, if you have any questions about learning to play jazz violin, please uh, send them my way, and I might be able to answer them on the next episode. Okay, I'll speak to you soon. See you later. Bye bye. <laughs>